crucifixion. Fountains open deep and wide. Through the floodgates of God's mercy flow the vast and gracious tide. Grace and love like mighty rivers poured in and from above. And heaven's peace and perfect justice kiss the guilty world in love. Well, shalom, everybody. Welcome. I'm so glad that you could join me for another show of Mercy Poured Forth. My name is Laura Lee, and I am a modern-day Samaritan woman. For those of you that don't know me, um, I do have a radio show on Hebrew Nation Radio called Healing for the Nations with a modern-day Samaritan woman. That's been running, I think, like, around five years. It's been a few years. And um, so I'm a person in recovery from drugs and alcohol and trauma and of all sorts. And um, I also worked as a credential substance abuse counselor in the state of New York. And I also worked here in Florida where I reside um, in the jails. And I've, I've worked in um, outpatient, inpatient, in the jails. I've gone into prisons and worked with the men. And um, so I've been around the block a few times, <laughs> both as an addict and um, as a counselor. And my last job was as a certified recovery coach. And I love that job because it took me into the county jail and uh, working with both men and women and um, anyways, I do have a blog. I have a few blogs, actually. One of my blogs is called Healing for the Nations with a Modern Day Samaritan Woman. And it has uh, a variety of things. It has some of my writings. It has some articles on there. And I have a Telegram channel called Healing for the Nations with a Modern Day Samaritan Woman. And also... Heart of the Tribe, we have a Telegram channel called The Good Samaritan. And that's for prayer. That's for support. Um, I am a strong proponent of education. And my people perish for lack of knowledge. And I think that covers a lot of different things. I don't think that's just um, doctrine and theology. I think there's a lot of things that the body of the Messiah um, is perishing from. And so I love to educate people. I love to share my, my experience, strength, and hope. I also have a Facebook page called, uh, you guessed it, Healing for the Nations with a Modern Day Samaritan Woman. So um, you can email me. You can reach out to me on Telegram. You can reach out to me on Facebook. Um, I will help you any way that I can. I do not counsel anymore. Um, I am studying to become a domestic violence advocate, uh, a coach. Um, but what I do is I can 
listen to your story and confidence, whatever you tell me does not go any further. Um, we all need a safe, trusted person to be real with. And what I will do is, if I can, um, I will point you in a direction that may help you, whether that's resources, whether that's um, tour observant um, counselors, other Christian counselors. Um, anyways, let's get started because um, I have a lot to share with you today, and I like to keep this kind of short. So, um, all right, so let's get started. Please bear with me because I'm still trying to figure out how to do this PowerPoint. Uh, so the 12 steps of recovery. We are walking the road less traveled. We are walking on the narrow path to our father's house. I love this picture. And I was looking at it a little bit more. Um, and I'm like, oh my goodness, look at that. There's a stream. If you look to the right, I think it's to your right. There is a stream flowing right next to this narrow path. And I love this picture because there's so much to this picture. So it's like we're caught between a rock and a hard place. The road is very narrow. And there's a stream of living water flowing out of the rock. Isn't that way cool? So let's do a review. So we've covered step one, which is we surrendered. Step two is we came to believe. And step three, we are talking about uh, father wounds. That was last week, father wounds. And this week we're going to talk about mother wounds. And these are the things that can be a block, a stronghold in our hearts, in our minds that will keep us from fully trusting and having faith in our Heavenly Father and His promises. I wanted to share with you a poem called My Father's Daughter. A child in a grown man's body, selfish, self-absorbed, fearful, hypervigilant, arrested development, rendering him immature, stuck in another time, another era, that of a child rejected, abandoned by his own parents, alone in a house of death, as he calls it, built by his grandpa's own hands, a place I called home, till I fled as a teen, pregnant, fearful, self-absorbed, filled with the same stuff, that of arrested development, stunted maturity, addicted, afflicted by the same haunting sins of our fathers handed down, alcoholism, shame, rage, pain, addicted to food, to anything, anything, anything to numb, to hide, to die, a slow death. Yes, yes, you are your father's daughter, I hear fathers say, but I want you to be my daughter filled with my characteristics. Let me give you a new heart with the right spirit. Let me empty you of all the dross and fill you with my love. Isn't that powerful? I love that poem. Let's talk about mother wounds. So if your mother was critical, 
It reveals itself through a loud inner critic. If your mother was unapproving, it can manifest in a fear of judgment. If your mother was passive aggressive, it can manifest in lack of confidence. If your mother was unavailable, either physically or emotionally, it may, it may manifest in inability to understand or express emotions. If your mother was codependent, it may manifest in weak boundaries. If your mother was controlling, it may manifest in rebellious choices. If your mother was pessimistic, it may um, manifest in self-sabotaging your own life. Another way of looking at the mother wound, how it shows up, lack of boundaries, sense of self, engaging and savior behaviors, fixing, rescuing, or controlling others, body shaming. How many of us have body issues? Unconsciously making choices to gain your mother's love and approval. Feeling threatened, competitive towards other women. How many women are catty? I mean, that's, that's a big issue is there's so much competition between women. It's, it's so ungodly. And that's biblical too. We see that all through the scriptures. Feeling unworthy of creating a life on your own terms. Playing the role of peacemaker or rescuer. Now, we are called to be peacekeepers um, in, in scripture, but this is an unhealthy peacemaker. I love this scripture. For my mother and my, or excuse me, for my father and my mother have forsaken me, but Jehovah will take me in. I remember the first time I read that scripture and I wept and I wept and I wept. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He is our Abba Daddy. Man's enemies will be those of his own household. Matthew 10, 36. And I'm afraid that that is very, very true. And there is definitely a division going on, has been going on. When we choose to walk this narrow path, it causes division in families. So we're called to be set apart in truth, not unified in lies. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword, Matthew 10, 34. How to reparent your inner child. Dr. Deb, a couple weeks ago, talked about our inner child and how to reparent ourselves. And I know for me, I've really struggled with this. And um, I'm, you know, I haven't arrived. I'm still working on this. So what is parenting? Or excuse me, what is reparenting? It's giving yourself what your parents were not able to give you as a child. Um, we cannot give what we don't have. And once again, this is generational. So number one, release blame. The behavior of parents is reflection on their own emotional wounds, not bad intentions. Meditate, pray, or journal on forgiveness. 
we're going to be talking about step four um, from an ACA point of view. Step four briefly is we take an inventory of our parents, a blameless inventory of our parents to see how we have um, we have taken on their own characteristics, their characteristics and how it's manifesting in our own lives. So number two, create self-care habits. As adults, we have issue with good habits because we didn't see adults doing this for themselves and we feel unworthy. Parenting self is about creating new habits. Some of us could use a massage. Um, you know, that is not selfish. It's part of self-care. It is not selfish to take care of yourself emotionally, physically, and mentally. Number three, ask yourself, is this action harmful or helpful to who I want to be in the future? Ask it often. Four, use this affirmation. I am my own responsibility. I have a new opportunity to create life on my own terms. Five, play. Find it wherever you can, at the park, at the gym, in your living room, dancing to music. Play therapy, play heals. There's all sorts of different healing modalities. And some of us have a very difficult time playing because we are so serious. I know this is true of myself. And um, so, you know, there's a scripture that talks about um, unless we become as a little child, we will not inherit the kingdom. And I like the different passages in the scripture that depicts Yeshua as having a sense of humor. And some of the chosen, um, I don't know if you've, seen the chosen but there are some of the shows that depict yeshua uh rabbi yeshua as having um, a playful side to him i think that's so beautiful so for my brothers that are watching you are the son of a you are a son of the king you are chosen and you are treasured you are created for a purpose you are bold and courageous. You are pursued by the Father, the King of the universe, and you are forgiven. You are a man after Yah's own heart. And this is a beautiful affirmation. I am the son of a king who is not moved by the world, for my Yah is with me and goes before me. I do not fear because I am his. My sisters. I am the daughter of a king who is not moved by the world. For my Yah is with me. My father is with me and goes before me. I do not fear because I am his. This is for all of us. I am a son, a daughter of the king. I am God-fearing, Yah-fearing. I am steadfast in the love of the Messiah. I am redeemed. I am loved. I am beautiful. I am worth more than rubies. I am more than makeup and clothes. Hallelujah. I am free. I am worth it. 
I am victorious. I am joyful. I am transformed. I am dignified. I am favored. Hallelujah. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known Elohim. Hallelujah. That is Corey Ten Boom. So let me figure out how to get out of this. And... There we go. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm still learning. Um, anyways, I wanted to share something with you. This is maybe a little bit premature, but um, so last week I was uh, missing an action, MIA. And uh, so I was on a mission and that mission was so fun because I have a, uh, a close friend. And she asked me to take some money and go to a local doctor's office and pay an out, outstanding bill for someone anonymously. And so I love doing stuff like this. And so that's what I was doing. I was on this mission and it was so much fun to go into this doctor's office with a wad of money that my friend gave to me and to pay not just an outstanding bill, but to pay in arrears. I don't know who this woman is. All I know is that she apparently needed some help paying her bills. And the reason why I'm showing or sharing this with you is that um, and like I said, this, this may be a little bit premature, but step four is making a blameless inventory of our parents to see how we are manifesting um, their characteristics. But it's all about balance. So it's not all about, um, how do I want to say, beating our parents up for all their bad things that, that they handed down to us. No. One of the things that I um, have inherited from my mother is not just a love of the Shabbat, but I absolutely love to be generous and I love to help people in, in whatever way that I can. So I was actually standing in this doctor's office going through this process of anonymously um, paying this woman's outstanding medical bills. I was actually tearing up because isn't that what we're commanded to do? Are we not commanded to love our neighbor as we love ourselves? Are we not commanded to take care of the widows and the orphans? Apparently, I don't know anything about this woman, but apparently, um, you know, she's poor. Apparently she has medical issues and, um, my guess is she's probably a widow. Now widows can be divorced women, you know, older women divorced and, um, without family that loves and loves her and, and provides for her. And, um, so that's why I wasn't around last week.
And um, so, because of time, I'm reluctant to share with you about my father, but you know what? I'm going to share. I'm going to share this because it goes, it goes along with this topic. So last week I shared with you that I really struggled with trusting the father and having faith that he loves even me because of the damage that my own dad did to my heart. Um, lots of damage, um, lots of physical, uh, I'm not going to get into it, but just a lot, a lot of stuff. And <clears throat> so I listened to Rico Cortez a few years ago, teach on shame, honor and shame. And I felt impressed by the Holy Spirit that I was to call my father and ask for forgiveness for the way that my behavior as an active alcoholic and drug addict and being promiscuous to, to ask him to forgive me for bringing dishonor and shame to him. And it was one of the hardest but most rewarding things I'd ever done. And you know what? When I was obedient to the father and had that hard conversation with my earthly father, things started changing between he and I. This man who never, um, how do I want to say this? Never had an interest in me. Suddenly wanted to know how he could help me. He bought me new winter tires when he found out that I needed tires. He, he sent a check. He signed his own name. He, he started doing things for me. He gave me a brand new computer. And that was a computer that I used when uh, Hebrew Nation Radio asked me to do my own show. So things started really shifting. And we, we, we didn't have a perfect relationship. But it started changing. And I moved down here to be near my mom and dad. Um, and uh, so um, back in March, um, I was in Panama City writing my book. And I got a phone call that my father was in the hospital. So I, I came back home the next day and I took my mom to the hospital. I came home on a Sunday took her to the hospital on Monday and they had him really uh, drugged up where he was unresponsive. Tuesday, my mom didn't want to go. And I said, oh no, we are going. You, you need to see him. We need to go. And he was awake. He was awake. And so as soon as we got there, I asked the nurse, okay, tell me the truth. I'm his daughter, you know, be straight with me. And she said, we've done everything that we can for him. You need to call in hospice. So I walked my mom through that process and I felt impressed to ask my mother if she wanted me to call her pastor and the hospital chaplain. Well, the hospital chaplain just happened to be a Seventh-day Adventist. My mom's a Seventh-day Adventist. 
And so he came, this chaplain, Seventh-day Adventist chaplain, and my dad was alert. My dad was awake. He was on a res, uh, respirator, ventilator. And um, I ended up giving my testimony to this chaplain at my dad's bed. And it was powerful how I was able to share my full testimony with this, this chaplain. And my mother's pastor just happened to be free and he just happened to be in town and came right over. So the chaplain prayed over my dad. Um, my mom's um, pastor prayed over my father. And we talked about the father's love and we talked about eternity. And then the hospice, um, he was also a man of God. And, and we also had an amazing talk with him. And some of the things that I felt impressed to say to my father was about fear. Because my father definitely had a spirit of fear. And... I was able to say to my father, guess what, dad, there's 365 thou shalt not fears. There's nothing to fear. You're just going to go to sleep. And the next thing you know, dad, you're going to meet the lover of your soul. And you know how much your father in heaven loves you. He holds every tear that you've ever cried ever since you were a little boy. He holds your tears in a bottle. That's how much he loves you. And just speaking into my father and the words flowed and, and I read Psalms 23 that I was given that very morning and I just spoke and the, the, the Holy Spirit flowed and you could feel the presence of Jehovah in that, in that room, in that intensive care room. And it was just so beautiful. My mom and I just loved on him and just, you know, spoke about the father's love. And, you know, my son, my son was going, going to fly in the next day. And so I had my son on speaker and he was able to, to talk to his grandpa. And it was just so amazing. And, and so um, we waited around. My mom and I waited around for, for hospice and my mom wanted to leave. So, you know, we told my dad, we'll see you again, dad. We'll see you again. So that night at nine o'clock, this is what's so bizarre. That night at nine o'clock, the Holy Spirit said to me so strongly, shut down everything and pray for your father. So I shut my computer, my phone down, and I started uh, lifting my father up in prayer. And I started speaking to my father's spirit man. And I started speaking to him about Yahushua. And I started speaking to him about Yahweh and the love of the Father and the salvation and the blood Yeshua. And all this was just flowing and flowing and flowing. And I'm praying and I'm praising. And I'm talking to my father's spirit man. And the phone rings, my mom's sobbing. And she told me he's gone, he passed away. And my mom was riddled with guilt. The next day she, she was riddled with guilt. And I'm like, mom, we do not know what was transpiring in that hospital room. 
But I can tell you this, that the power of the Holy Spirit was in that room. And we could not see what was going on in the spirit realm. In all these years that you've witnessed to him and you have shown him the love of the Savior. And he has seen my life dramatically change from an active alcoholic and drug addict and in a mess to a woman of God walking out recovery and walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I let my dad know before he died, I let him hear part of my radio show and I let him know this is how the father is using all of what I've gone through to minister to other broken people. We don't know the decision that my father made. <laughs> but I can tell you this. <laughs> he hears your cries. He knows the pain. For those of you that have been wounded by your mom, your dad, your step-parents, those of you that were wounded when you were little people, he knows. He knows. And he knows the struggles that we have as a result of the wounding from our fathers from our mothers. He is not like our earthly parents. He is our Abba Daddy. Someone recently shared with me, they were very wounded by, by their father and they had this beautiful relationship where her dad um, had post-traumatic stress and the father was able to educate his daughter on what post-traumatic stress was to let her know, you know, all my, you know, bad days, what, whatever happens, it's not about you. I'm your dad, but you have a father in heaven who's far different than, than me. He's, he is not wounded. He doesn't have complex post-traumatic stress. And he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never hurt you. He will never lie to you. He will never betray you. He will never cheat on you. He will never sell you for another hit of drugs. He won't traffic you. He is a father that is far more invested in your healing, your deliverance, and your recovery than you could ever imagine. Father God, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, I lift up to you every single heart that's listening to this. And Father, I'm asking right now in the mighty name of Yeshua HaMashiach that the power of your Ruach HaKadosh would fall upon them, that they would be given ears to hear your voice. In a heart that receives the healing love that can only come from you. Father, I'm asking that they would hear the message that you would have them hear. Not my earthly, frail, um, 
faltering voice, but they would hear your message, Father, your message, Father, that you would wrap your arms around them and bring healing and restoration to their souls, that they would be able to trust you like never before. Father, I ask that you would strengthen their faith in you, that they can get out of that boat, that their faith is so strong that they can get out of that boat and they can walk on water with their eyes fixed on Yeshua HaMashiach and never look back, that their eyes are fixed on the author and finisher of their faith. And that these things, Hasatan will never, ever be able to use as a weapon against them ever again. Father, I pray for the marriages. I pray for the marriages. That the marriages would be strengthened. That the marriages would be healed. That they would be able to love each other with a pure heart and not a crippled heart because of the wounds that happened in their childhood. Father, we thank you and Father, we praise you that you are a God of covenantal love, that you've made a love covenant with us and that you are a covenant-keeping, merciful, merciful Father. And I pray that this is blessed to you. I pray that... Um, you hear his loving voice. And with that, brothers and sisters, I am going to say, Shalom. On the Mount of Crucifixion, fountains open deep and wide, through the floodgates of God's mercy, flow the vast and gracious tide. Grace and love like mighty rivers poured incessant from above. And heaven's peace and perfect justice kiss the guilty world in love.